Improving your spiritual vision can lead to recovery in your life. This is the sixth message in the series, Recover. This message is entitled, Visualize and Verbalize. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. I want to talk to us today about the way back to better, learning how to visualize and verbalize this process of recovery in our lives. Yes, we're into a brand new year, 2021. Think about it. We're already into the second month of this new year. It's incredible to consider. And while we're heading into this new year, it's still quite fresh for us. It's very important to understand what God is saying to us this year. What is the Word of God to us? What can we lay hold of for this year? As I was preparing for the New Year series of messages a couple of months ago, the Lord laid on my heart one very clear word, and that was the word recover or recovery. As I begin to think about that word, recovery means to get back something that you've lost, to get back something that has been forfeited in your life. It's the actual bringing back of something. And as I thought about that particular term and thought about the nature and character of God, I was aware of the fact that God does not just recover things in our lives to bring us back. When God brings things back in your life, it's always better. So that's the series that we're looking at in this time together. We're talking about recovery, but not just getting back back what we've lost and getting back what we've forfeited and getting back those things that the adversary perhaps has stolen from our lives in this past season and these past years or whatever the time frame might be, but to come back to a place where things are better. Would you like some things in your life to be better? I'm sure that you would. I know that I do. How do we engage in this process of recovery? How do we get back to better? We've talked about some steps that need to be taken. It doesn't just automatically happen. If you're going to experience recovery in your life, you have to do some things. You have to cooperate with God. You have to do some things that God asks you to do. Take some steps along the journey. We talked about the first step being repentance. So we turn away from certain things in our lives that are, that are actually contrary to God, things that he reveals to us that we need to put out of our lives. And we turn away from those things and turn toward God. And repentance is the entrance ramp onto the road of recovery. We talked about how we need to build our expectations, the importance of expecting God to bring recovery in our lives, that in fact, there is this faith thing that works, that operates and mo motivates us to believe God, to do do new and fresh things. We talked about the value of commitments that we need to make, commitments to certain disciplines, certain practices. You'll never recover in your life just by sitting back and hoping that it happens. You have to do some things. There are commitments that are essential for your life. And then we talked last weekend about the principle of ownership, that your life is your life and you have to own your life and be a good steward of your life and learn how to do those things that are essential for you to take ownership and not place the blame of your problems on something or someone else. We learn the value of ownership. I want to talk, as I said today, about this idea of visualizing and verbalizing. Recovery never happens without working on what you see and what you say. If you don't work on what you see and what you say, you'll never really recover. There is a visualization process that I'll show you in Scripture in a few moments. What you see with your spiritual eyes and what you say with your mouth are vital to this process. And I'm going to talk to us about three things or three lessons that will help us to really grasp this in our lives. So here we go with our first point. Very essential, very simple, but yet very, very important. 
your internal vision. You have an internal vision, and your internal vision, how you see on the inside, how you see in the eyes of your heart and the eyes of your mind is going to affect your external actions. That what you're seeing internally will affect you externally. You have two sets of eyes. You have physical eyes. We're blessed by the, the, vision, the, the, the power of vision. It's a wonderful blessing that we have and can experience in life. But there's also another set of eyes that you and I have as well. The, it represents the eyes of the heart or spiritual eyes. And the condition of your spiritual eyes, your spiritual vision is extremely important. And improving your spiritual vision is vital. It is essential to recovery. That is the key point that I want you to grasp. If you do not improve improve your spiritual vision, you will never experience getting back those things that you've lost and, in fact, finding those things again that you have forfeited in your life. The Bible makes it so clear that our spiritual vision has tremendous impact in our lives. Notice Proverbs 29, verse number 18. The wise writer of Proverbs, Solomon says, where there is no vision, he's talking about spiritual sight, spiritual Revelation, where there is no vision, notice that phrase, no vision. When your vision, your spiritual vision is poor or you have no spiritual vision at all, where there is no vision, what happens? People perish. There are a lot of people who are living perishing lives. What do you mean by perishing? Well, you think about the food industry. You have foods that are perishable and foods that are non-perishable. A perishable food means it has a time limit in terms of its usefulness. It's going to deteriorate over time to where you can't utilize it well. There are a lot of people whose lives are deteriorating. They're sort of wasting away because they have no spiritual vision. But he that keepeth the law or has a vision for God's law, happy is he. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 13, verse 16. But blessed, notice that word, blessed are your eyes. What is he talking about there? Not just your natural eyes. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. That is, you are blessed when you have spiritual eyes that are able to see. He's saying that when your spiritual sight is strong, it will bring blessing into your life. Notice John chapter 12, verse 40. Again, Jesus is referring to spiritual sight here. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn and I would heal them. There's a lot of context to that that I don't have time this weekend to talk about. But what I want you to see is that if we see inappropriately with our eyes, if we don't have good spiritual vision, it's going to hinder, restrict, keep us from certain healing points in our lives. There's no question that blinded spiritual eyes keep us from changing, keep us from healing, and keep us from what we're talking about in this series, keep us from recovery. If you and I don't see things the right way, we're never going to recover. The classic example of this is found in the children of Israel in the Old Testament. I'll take you back to the time when Moses had led them out of Egyptian slavery and they crossed the Red Sea and now they're headed toward the promised land. They stop at Mount Sinai and then Moses leads them on to the shores or the, uh, other, the eastern shore of the, of the promised land. They have not entered in yet. God's promised them this land, but they're not there yet. And so what Moses does is that Moses appoints 12 spies, 12 men to actually go out and check out the land to come back and bring a report to the entire congregation of Israel. 
Notice what happens here in the story. Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 through 20. What I want you to see, the connection is the connection between spiritual vision and obtaining the promises of God in your life. And in this regard, we're talking about the promise of recovery. Here we go. Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse 17. When Moses sent them, the 12 spies, to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. So he's sending them into that land. Now notice the next word, verse 18. What is the first word of verse 18? See, see what the land is like. Say that word with me. See, see what the land is like. That is, open your eyes, go and look at it. And whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many, what kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the, it was the season for first ripe fruits. And so Moses sends him into the land, and he says, open up your eyes and see what you see. I want to know what you're seeing. Now, why would he want them to open up their eyes to see what was in the promised land? Because when they opened up their natural eyes, it was going to open up their spiritual eyes and inspire them to take the land that God wanted to give them. Now, instead of that occurring, I want you to notice exactly what happens. A sad story actually here going down to verse 26 of Numbers chapter 13. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. So now they've come back, they've been into the land, they've looked around, they came back to give their report. They gave Moses this account, verse 27. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. So in essence, he's saying, we went into the land, and with our natural eyes, we saw some amazing things. Even here is the fruit. Look at what we found there. But, this is verse 28, that's a very significant word as well. They're interjecting something here. We saw this, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw, there's vision again. We saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim, there the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look, this at the, we look the same to them. Here's what I want you to see. A lot of stuff we can talk about there, but here's this group that goes into the promised land. Moses says, go and see what you can see. Use your natural eyes to perceive something good in the spiritual realm. They went and they saw it with their natural eyes, but they had a problem with their spiritual eyes. 
They could see naturally it was a good land, but all they could focus on was, was all the opposition in the land, all the giants they saw in the land, all the things that were going to represent difficulty, challenges, and in their mindset, impossibility to them. And so they couldn't see the possibility. All they could see was the impossibility. Yeah, they saw some goodness with natural eyes, but they saw a lot of obstacles and problems with their spiritual inner eyes. And because of that, they never made it into the promised land. Poor spiritual vision kept them stuck in their past. And the same will be true for you. If you and I do not develop good spiritual vision, we always get stuck in our past. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get stuck in my past. I, I want to be able to embrace the promised land that God has. And so you must understand that your internal vision is going to affect your external actions. These folks never went in and took the promised land. That generation did not because their, their, their internal vision kept them from taking the right external action. Can I ask you in your life today, how about you? How is your inner vision? How is your spiritual vision? Is it affecting the promises of God being fulfilled in your life? Is it, effect, is it affecting the way you're living your life? The second point I want to share with you today is that seeing as God sees is what is critical to recovery. Let me see if I can explain this. If you say, well, pastor, the, uh, the whole idea of spiritual vision is important to recovery. Well, how am I supposed to see? What, how, what kind of vision are you talking about? Without vision, people perish. And I see all that, but I'm not sure if I understand what spiritual vision really means and how I'm supposed to see on the inside. Well, let me see if I can take you back to the words of Jesus, and I'm going to help you to understand uh, what spiritual, good spiritual vision is all about. Uh, maybe uh, if, if you're like me, uh, I wear glasses, and uh, of course, I have to have corrective lenses to be able to see well. And there have been times that I've gone for an extended period of time without going back to the eye doctor and, and getting a checkup. And so because of that, my prescription had changed. And I didn't realize it had changed, but uh, through the process of the examination, I discovered that I needed up, an updated prescription. And it's always fun when you get your new glasses and you put those new glasses on and you're able to see what you couldn't see before. You thought, my goodness, I was seeing well before, but now I can't believe the things that I was missing. And the same is true in your relationship with God, that when God begins to help you to develop good spiritual sight, it's like putting on a new set of glasses. It's like thinking you've been seeing well before, but you realize, my goodness, I never saw it like this before. When the Holy Spirit, for example, opens up the scriptures to you and you understand something you've never understood before, that's God putting spiritual glasses on you, giving you the ability to have a vision that you've never had before. So let's go back to the words of Jesus just for a moment, words you're familiar with, and let's see if we can understand what this spiritual sight is all about. How do we see as God sees? Because it's critical to recovery. Jesus said in John 8, 32, then you will know the truth, and what will the truth do? It will set you free. Okay, notice that. You'll know the truth, and the truth will then set you free. Now, when we talk about knowing the truth, what do we mean by knowing the truth? To know the truth means you see it. You ever heard someone say before, hey, I got this. What it means is, I see that. I see what you're saying. 
I get it. I understand. So to know the truth doesn't just mean to be able to quote it. There are folks that can quote large portions of Scripture, but it's not affecting their life because it's all up here. It's not down into the eyes of their heart. They haven't experienced revelation. They have information about God, but not revelation about God. And so to know the truth is more than just knowing verses from the Bible or knowing where certain verses are in the Bible. No, knowing the truth is I see it. I, I, I get it. Now I grasp what this, this passage is saying to me. And so it's a, a, vis, a spiritual vision, seeing the truth, knowledge of the truth, aware of what God is trying to say to us. And when you and I grasp that, we, we are seeing things that transform our lives. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Notice verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but notice this. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I'll come back to that in a moment. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, Paul says the way we're transformed is by changing the way we think. See, when you and I change the way we think, we change the way we see. I'll prove it to you. Maybe you've had a certain attitude toward a person before, and you thought about them a certain way, and because you thought about them a certain way, you saw them in that perspective. But then you got to know them, you met them, you learned something about them, you learned more of their story, what was going on with their life, and you, you thought differently about them, and so you saw them from a different perspective. And so this goes together. Thinking and seeing go together. Thinking produces perspective. Thinking produces a change in sight or a change in vision. And so we have to begin to think about what what, what the Scripture says regarding who God is, what God is like, and how God sees us, and how we see ourselves, and how God wants us to, to view others, and how God wants us to treat others, and how God wants us to see and view the world that we live in, and the world that is to come in terms of eternity. All these things, when you and I begin to see God as God is, when you and I begin to see ourselves as God sees us, as you and I begin to view other people and treat other people as God wants us to, when we begin to see the world the way God wants us to see it, everything changes. It changes our thoughts, it changes our sights, and improves spiritual vision, leads to a renewed mind that leads to a recovered life. Let me say that again. Improve. When you improve your spiritual vision, when your vision improves about who God is, when your vision improves about who you are in Christ in your relationship with Him, when your vision improves about other people, how you view other people and how you are to treat other people, when your vision improves so you see the world as God sees the world, then you begin to have a renewed mind which changes your behavior, which recovers your life. This is how spiritual vision is so vital to recovery. There's a great story, again, in the Bible that illustrates this change that happens, radical change that happens when our eyes are open. Notice 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 13. Let me set the story for you. It's the story of Elisha the prophet. Elisha the prophet was in a situation where the king of Syria was searching for him to kill him. 
and to send an army after him, and, and Elisha is hiding or away with his servant, and here are the, the armies of Syria coming to find Elisha. Let, that sets the stage. Let's find out what happens here. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded. That's the king of Syria. Go find out where he is so I can send troops to seize him. That's Elisha. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. And so they got the report where Elisha was. So now the king of Syria is going to send all these troops to find Elisha to kill him because Elisha has been prophesying against this king. Verse 14. So one night the king of Aram, that's Syria, sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And so the king of Syria sends all these forces to Dothan where Elisha is and completely surrounds the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And so the servant of Elisha wakes up the next morning. He goes and looks around everywhere he sees, to the right, to the left. He does a 360, and everywhere he looks, there are troops, Syrian troops everywhere. Of course, that strikes great fear in his heart. Notice what he says to Elisha, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And so this young man says, this is all I see. I see all these enemies that are, that are about to pounce on us and destroy us. Look, Elisha, don't you see what I see? Notice verse 16. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are far more on our side than on theirs. Let's stop there for a moment. Now, get the picture. Here's this young man. He's with the old prophet Elisha. He's looking out and seeing all these Syrian troops around him. And he says, Elisha, don't you see this? Elisha, don't worry. No problems. They're more with us than are with them. Now, can you imagine this young man doing the math? One, two, and then hundreds, if not thousands of troops. See, the math didn't make sense to him. All he could see was himself and Elisha. But Elisha says, I see something different than you see. They're more with us than are with them. And then verse 17, Elisha prays a prayer for this young man. Very powerful prayer. O Lord, open his, what's the next word there? Open his eyes and let him see. Now, was he seeing? He was already naturally seeing, but the eyes of his heart were seeing the wrong thing. The, he, the eyes of his heart his, were seeing the, the enemy troops around him. But Elisha prays, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Let him see what I'm seeing. And notice what happens. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. In other words, what Elisha was seeing was true. There were, there were angels of God. God all around those Syrian troops, and there were more of the angels of God surrounding Elisha and this young man than, than, me, than were measured by the armies of Syria. And so this young man began to see as God wanted him to see as Elisha saw his eyes were open, and the terrible fear that had gripped him, the terrible anxiety that he was dealing with was broken in a moment. Why? Because he saw as God saw. Very vital for you and me to have things broken from our lives. It's amazing what happens, the recovery that transpires, the breakthroughs that occur in our lives when we begin to see as God sees, when our eyes are open, when our vision changes, everything changes. In that moment, he had a recovery in his life. He had lost his peace. He had lost his assurance. He had lost his confidence that God was going to get him out of that situation. But in that moment when his eyes were, were open, he recovered. He immediately recovered peace in his life. Can I ask you, what's your vision? 
What is your vision of God? What is your vision of his son, Jesus Christ? What is your vision of yourself? What is your vision of your place in Jesus? Do you know him? Are you in a relationship with him? Are you secure in that relationship with him? Do you know that he's, he's washed your sins away? Do you know that you're in right standing with God? Do you, do you have that peace and assurance? Are you aware of who you are in Christ? What is your vision of other people? How do you view others? How, are you gracious? Are you caring? Are you positive toward others? Or do you manifest the opposite of those characteristics? How do you view the world in which we live? Do you define the world as the world defines itself? Or do you see the world as something that is perishing, something that is lost in need of salvation? What is your view of the world that is to come, eternity? Do you understand that Jesus Christ is coming back again one day, that this world as we see it, this world as we know it, is not going to be forever, that this is a temporary set of circumstances we live in until Jesus comes back again? What is your vision of these things? Because when your vision changes, recovery starts starts in your life? Do you see God as good and kind and gracious and loving? Do you see God as generous and just and holy and majestic? Do you see God as trustworthy? Do you see Jesus as your way to God? Do you see Jesus as eternally present, as the great Savior of the world and present with you as a friend that sticks closer than a brother? Do you see yourself as a believer in Jesus Christ who is saved and forgiven and loved and redeemed and belonging to the family of God and dwell by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, new in Christ, committed, obedient, responsive. Do you see yourself that way? Do you see, your, do you see others as objects of God's love, as individuals in need of Jesus, as people that you're capable of loving and serving and sharing with and helping by God's grace and power? Do you see this world as temporary, as broken, as sinful, in need of redemption? Do you view the life to come with joy, with expectancy, with hope, with gratitude. Do you see as God sees? Why? Because when you and I begin to see as God sees, it changes everything. Recovery happens just like it did for that young man who was bound up in fear. We talked about with Elisha. And in the moment, his eyes were open. He recovered his peace. He was able to handle the situation because he knew who God was. Third and final point, your speech will always reflect your vision. I'll say that again. Your speech will always reflect your vision. Have you ever really listened to yourself? I mean, really listen to yourself. It's not easy to do. It's like listen to what you're saying in your conversations. Uh, usually we're sort of caught up in a conversation. We're caught up with wanting to say the next thing. We don't listen to ourselves very much. And you learn a lot about yourself if you'll just listen to yourself. Listen to what you're saying. Listen to the thoughts that are flowing out of your mouth because your words actually reveal you. Your, your words will show you where you are. They'll reveal the content of your heart. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees one day, and he, he, these Pharisees were making all kind of accusations and negative words being spoken, and Jesus addresses them very clearly in Matthew 12, verse 34. Listen to what he said to these Pharisees, these religious leaders who did not have the right heart, and by reason of not having the right heart, the right things were not coming from their mouth. And he says, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Notice this, for whatever is in your heart, whatever you're seeing in here, whatever you're believing in here determines what you say. The content of your heart is about how you see and about how you think. That's what your heart is. What you see in here, how you think inside of you, 
It's, and it's going to affect the words that flow from your mouth. Not only do we need to get a vision for recovery, we also need to speak the language of recovery. There is a language of recovery. That when you and I begin to have the right vision of who God is, and the right vision of who we are in Christ, and the right vision of who other people are in Christ, and how we are to treat and respond to other people, if that changes on the inside of us, when you and I begin to see the world as we need to see it, as a lost group of individuals who God loves and cares for, that we have a message of hope for and the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. And we see that this world is temporary. There's another world to come that represents eternity with God. When you and I begin to see that way, we begin to talk differently. We begin to speak the language of heaven. We begin to speak the language of recovery. What is the language of recovery? We say, well, God is God is loving, God is great, God is good, God is powerful. Those kind of words really are filtered through our conversation. We declare God can, God can do all things, nothing is impossible with God. When problems come our way, the first thing out of our mouth, instead of a complaint about the problem is, oh yeah, well God can handle this, God can do all things, nothing is impossible with Him. It's the declaration, making a declaration of God will, God will always do what He promises, He will never fail us. God says that what God says is, what God says is going to happen, I'm not looking at the outward circumstances, I'm looking at what the circumstances and situations around me say or what others say. I'm leaning upon what God says. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will do what God says for me to do. I will say what God says to say. You see that these phrases, these words become more than just empty phrases. They're the words of recovery. Proverbs 13 verse 3 says, the one who guards his mouth Amplified says their thinking before he speaks protects his life. I like that. The one who opens his lips wide and chatters without thinking comes to ruin. Proverbs 18, 7 says a fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are the snare of his soul. Your vision, listen to me, all of us, very important this weekend because God wants to bring recovery in your life. Are you hearing that? God wants to bring recovery in your life. You say, no, pastor, it can't be me. You don't know what my past has been. You don't know where I've been in life. You don't know where I've, I've blown it, where I've messed up, what's happened, what circumstances have been a part of my life. And I'm telling you, God wants to bring recovery to you. And part of your pathway to recovery is asking God to open up your eyes. Your vision has to change. You need to see God as who He is. He's an almighty, loving, kind God. You need to see yourself as an object of God's love that Jesus came to die on the cross for you. He gave his life so that you could be redeemed. He came to, to reach out to you and embrace you and bring you into his family and to care for you and nurture you along the way. You're not pushed away by God. You're embraced by God. You need to see that there are other people that God has placed in your life as resources, and, and, and other people aren't your enemy anyway, that people that might even be, be, be difficult to deal with, that God can use them and use you in their lives. And so instead of developing an adversarial mindset toward people, you develop a heart of love toward them. You begin to see them differently, see them through the eyes of God. You begin to stop thinking of the world as being your solution, the issues and the resources of the world as being what you need. No, you need the resources of heaven. The world is passing away, and we, you and I need to bring hope to a lost and dying world. It gives purpose to your life. You and I need to change our vision. But not only do we need to change our vision and see as God sees, but that vision needs to translate into verbiage. 
you and I need to be able to say, God is my helper. We need to be able to declare God can do all things. We need to be able to say without any hesitation, God will do what he promises he will do. We need to declare that whatever God says is right, whatever God says is true, that when God gives a promise, he always backs it up. We need to say, I I know who I am in Christ. I am a saved, forgiven believer in Jesus, and I belong to the family of God, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I will do what God asks me to do through the power of his Holy Spirit. I will say what God says about my life. We begin to match up those two things, the transformation of our vision and the transformation of our verbiage, that we, we address what we see and we address what we say, and that's a step toward recovery in our lives. You and I need to start taking that step today. Would you bow your heart together with me in prayer? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. So very grateful today for your word, so very grateful for the call you've given us this year, the call to recovery. I believe that you're speaking to hearts right now, that you're putting something in somebody's heart right at this moment to let them know, yeah, recovery is for you. And I pray that in this moment, they would begin to see that. Their eyes would be open. They would see recovery as a possibility. They would see that getting back that which has been lost is not only a possibility, but it's a promise that you have for them. Lord, I pray even as Elisha prayed for his servant that day when, he was, when that servant and Elisha were facing the opposition all around them, Lord, that prayer was a prayer. Lord, open his eyes. And in that moment, his eyes were opened and he saw that you were with him. And if you were with him, nothing could be against them. So Lord, I pray that you would open up our eyes today by the power of your Holy Spirit and, and correct our tongues, Lord. Forgive us of our complaining and forgive us of our our negative words that we speak so often. Help us to begin to speak the language of heaven, the language that allows us to agree with what you say that you're going to do. Let our words be in agreement with your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus... I know that that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. 
And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.